0: Hello, my name is Jack, and this is Working In TV. Hello, everyone. So today, again, we have another great guest. Today's guest is Emily Fisher, a special effects technician. Me and Emily work together on the Amazon Prime series, Alex Ryder. I won't go too deep into what we talked about because you'll hear that in the show coming up, but I just want to say thank you to Emily for coming on and I really enjoyed our chat. Okay, so here we go. Here is me talking with Emily Fisher about special effects. Hello, today I'm speaking to a special effects technician who's worked on Alex Ryder, Killing Eve, The Crown, War of the Worlds, Electric Dreams and many more. My guest today is also my friend and her name is Emily Fisher. How are you Emily?
1: Hey hey
2: hey I'm very good thanks Jack. How you doing?
0: Yeah not bad not bad. I'm, I'm, I miss TV a bit now.
2: Do I'm you? not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, it's been <laughs> quite a while since I've worked so.
2: Well you miss something to wake up for in the morning. And... Yeah
0: <laughs> I, miss, I miss having a purpose. Who knew? Who knew that people needed purposes?
2: Absolutely. I certainly didn't know that.
0: No, me neither. Anyway, right. So I'm going to throw you the first question that I always ask everyone. Go for it. Here we go. So what is a special effects technician and what do they do?
2: That is a very good question. Um, so there's two types normally of special effects person. You'd either be uh, workshop only, um, which is, tends to have the engineers in their welding and woodworking. Um, and then you have the on-set team, uh, like myself, for example, and we would do the wind and the rain, fire, smoke and pyrotechnics on set. Um, you do also get actually a lot of the workshop people who then take what they've built in the workshop and bring it onto set and film it on the day. Yeah. So, But um, but a lot of the time they, they, they keep it separate. Nowadays, back in the old days, they just used to have, you know, you make it, then you take it to set. Now yeah, they, they
1: sort of just one. The two.
2: Yeah, yeah. One guy he's like, I've just made this in my garage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Flamethrower kicks yeah. it to start it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um
0: that leads me on to a bit more of a specific question. What um how did you get into uh special effects?
2: Well, I started off it's it's quite difficult actually, I must admit, to get into special effects. Yeah. It tends to be a case of needing to know somebody or being recommended by somebody.
0: I mean, that that could be any department, to be fair. <laughs> TV is like that.
2: It is, it's hard. But uh, I actually got into locations to start off with. Okay. My um, three of my friends all went to film school, uh, and then from there they moved into getting on some nice big films. And they just said, look, why don't you, we, we're looking for somebody to help us out in locations. Why don't you come on board and... Uh, and uh and just help us out for a bit and just see what you think. And so I was yeah. like, okay, that's great, you know. This this all sounds fun and exciting and very new and different. Yeah. So I started off in locations and actually I would recommend that to anybody who's okay. trying to just get into the industry because you get to see everything. You get to see exactly what other departments do because you're yeah. facilitating the filming. So uh so obviously the first responsibility would be helping park up the trucks yeah. and say you know you go over there you go over there or, or or whatever and um and then gradually you just get talking to every department yeah. so you kind of build a rapport i think with people quicker than you would if you were in any other department because they tend to have to come to you to ask you a question so then yeah. you could you know you're not feeling like you're having to go over to them and be like so
0: yeah, it m- forces you to have to sort of get to know everyone because everyone has questions for you. Yeah. like Because you do interact with every department. Like, yeah, like people like camera and stuff, they kind of stick with camera and lighting and maybe ask us a question or something on mm-hmm. sound. But, yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about um, starting out in locations. I think most people sort of start out AD department, really, don't they, like running and that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, definitely. But I don't know. Also, how do you get into that without without knowing somebody or I think yeah. look, with locations, if it's like a big show, they yeah. tend to need, um, the starting place would be like a marshal. So yeah. they, they get, I don't know, sometimes 50 extra people if it's a big, big space. And they say, look, we just need bodies to sort of redirect the, the general public mm. a- away from set. And then so you start off as a marshal and gradually, yeah. if you build up a rapport with the people that you're working with, you can work your way up that way. And uh, and the, to to go from locations to them being in special effects, I I was in locations for three four years something like that. Okay. Just just worked my way up, and I was doing like scouting to find the locations, and then
1: All right.
2: uh, assisting when I when we actually finally came to facilitate the filming. And I I saw the special effects team on a, like a low budget film that we were doing. Yeah they were doing a storm sequence in the garden of this house and i you know they were they were getting mucky they were doing they were doing rain they were doing wind they were lifting all this heavy gear in there and i just looked and i thought that's cool that's yeah that's something i'd like to do i'd love to get i love getting my hands dirty all the physical side of it is very yeah. much me it's all hands on and so towards the end of the job i sort of went up to the supervisor who i'd obviously built up a bit of a rapport with because yeah I park them up every morning and sort of
1: exactly. see yeah. how they
2: are uh, and I said look I'd I'd love to come and help you out for free in your workshop once this job is done I haven't got anything else lined up and it took a couple of months but then they had something lined up and they said look if you're still interested then
1: yeah.
2: come into the workshop and we'll show you what we do anyway they ended up giving me a job and I've never looked back since And and I must admit I love it yeah it's long days it's hard
1: work Uh, yeah
2: sometimes it's not always the most stimulating sometimes you might be there just doing smoke all day (laughs) every day for 11 12 hours whatever it is but other days we get to do you know the fun stuff which is either big fire sequences stunt burns pyrotechnics obviously everybody loves a good explosion bullet hits with squibs yeah, you know, but then again, the day-to-day stuff can be pretty fun as well. Just doing fires in a fireplace, bit of wind, bit of smoke, bit of this. Yeah. you know, I guess
0: it's fair to say that you have you can probably have both extremes of yes. the job: the extreme boredom of you know not having much to do, which I've experienced, and then the yeah the the extreme excitement of actual explosions and fire and gunshots yeah. and stuff. I mean, it sounds you know when you're a kid and you think about filmmaking. I mean, that's kind of it, isn't it? Like the big explosions and the fire and smoke and all this kind of stuff. That's the sort of the glamour, the glitz, isn't it? But I suppose when you're there, when you're there doing it, sort of 75% of your job is moving the hazer machine just to fill the room with a bit of Atmos, pretty much.
2: Of course. It's massively varied. You know, no two days are the same, usually in film, because you're either on a Another set, a different set with different people, and having different kind of conversations when you're allowed to. Yeah, it is. It's fun, I must say. It's not for everyone because you you have to be quite. Um, you have to love it, I think, to be in yeah. any department in film. I think because I agree. If you don't, the out hour, the hours and it's the the time you put into it and it's the energy. But then again, maybe that's the same with all jobs.
0: Well, I think. Yeah, I think it is there's a degree with all jobs but I think our job is like I'm not to say it's harder or you know more special than any other job really but it is quite extreme in that it does tend to take you away from your family friends for extended periods of time. The money is good, you know, it can be good um once you get established but yeah the sheer amount of impact it has on your life and your ability to, you know, to book holidays or to go to weddings and all this kind of stuff, the people that more people with, you know, nine to five kind of office jobs, they kind of guarantee that a little bit more with, with us. It's a little bit like, if you don't love it, you can, you can very quickly fall out of like, you can completely fall out of love with it yeah. because it's, it's so, it affects your life. So in such a big way. And I'm, I know that for me, my love hate relationship with TV is kind of <laughs> intensified over the last year, just because it because I live up north now and it, it, it forces me to be away from my family. So I start asking these questions a lot more. And maybe this is why I'm doing this this podcast is t- just to, to to try and fall it back in love with TV because it's not the easiest industry to love. But then you, you have those days where you, you love it like holy, You love it with all yeah. of your soul. But then you also have that, you could you could have a morning that means that you never, ever want to go back onto a TV set again. <laughs> like I said, it's, the, it's, yeah, the, it's the extremes.
2: I think we've all had moments on set, whatever department you're in, where you think, oh my God, I'm hating this. I'm hating yeah. it. But then the next day you could be, Absolutely, fall fall back in love with it because it's because the people. I think with any job, it's the people that make it for you.
1: Um, I agree with
2: you, like Alex Ryder, for example. Yeah,
1: well, exactly.
0: That job, like most jobs it's the people but that job especially I think it was the people that really sort of kept me you know kept me happy and kept me sort of enthusiastic about it you know like yeah. it wasn't you know it was a very good job I really enjoyed it but like it's the people that can really make it like yeah oh yeah I'll, I'll probably remember that job for a long a lot longer than I would maybe another job just because it had a really nice group of people and we were all kind of like just thrown together in this mad show where there was loads of different stuff going on and no one really kind of knew because it's series one as well it's like yeah when you go on something like maybe like the crown or something that you've worked on everything's a bit more established and people kind of know series four or five whatever they've got their way of doing it but series one of anything is always a bit it's a bit chaotic and it's a bit exciting so when you have like a nice group of people when there's chaos going on you can kind of deal with it because you know you've got that backbone of your, like your friends essentially
2: definitely and you can also lean on other people sometimes when you're in a an environment like that because someone goes oh they've just chucked this new thing at us and we go oh crap how do i i've got to get all of that over there we're gonna yeah. we're gonna shoot a second camera in that location so you need you know and and actually when it's a bit more chaotic people do muck in more and they help yeah.
1: more other yeah.
2: departments whereas you know on on bigger shows and things like that you don't really you stick to your own department you stick to your own things there's enough people to get a job done if there's something last minute that's thrown at you
1: Mm.
0: Um, yeah you tend not to get to know people as well on those bigger bigger jobs like you get to know the immediate people in your sort of four or five circle kind of thing but on the sort of mid-level mid-level to high-level tv which I kind of end up in these days, sort of mid-level TV, you know, not to insult any TV shows I worked on, but you know, just the the brackets. Yeah. But um, yeah, you you do get to know people, and it feels like you can muck in. Like I know that I've definitely helped you out. You know, turn a turn a uh, hazer on and yeah. off. You know, so just like you know, not. <laughs> not moments, crossing any lines there but yeah no, no,
2: there's moments when you're like I really need to get offset to yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, or if you need to be or if you literally need to be two places at once you know yeah. that if you know people you can just sort of go can you just quickly chuck that there and do this you know
2: yeah absolutely I mean that's that's see it's things like that and it's people like that that make it isn't it that's yeah, that's yeah. why I, I I love it um and a I, I lot of the stuff when I work with I mean, for me, I'm freelance. I think for all of us, really, we're all freelance. When I, I tend to work mostly with one supervisor who, who constantly, if he's got work, he'll put me on another job and he'll put me on the next thing. But also there's, there's, you can only be, it can also get tricky with that as well because.
0: Yeah. Because you're limited to where the jobs are coming from, you mean?
2: A lot of the time you are completely limited to if you're relying on one supervisor so sometimes it actually is important for you to then go okay great I've worked three jobs for this supervisor in a row yeah now it's time for me to have a little break from that and try to speak to another supervisor and get another supervisors to to bring you on to something because then then you you know if if one person doesn't have a job coming yeah then you can rely on potentially working with somebody else and maybe they'll bring you on to their next thing so you kind of do have to have to dip mm. in and dip out a little bit to, to get a bigger pool of people you can contact, especially when yeah. times are hard.
0: That's one of the most difficult things that I've found is having enough people that you know who can employ you. Because I know loads of people in TV, but not not many of them can employ me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to sort of like... Yeah, it's difficult because obviously you need to work and you need to pay the bills. So if someone who you've worked for twenty times, you know, says there's this job and it's going to take this amount of time, but then yeah, you have to have that in your mind that if if they suddenly just quit, like if they if they suddenly just quit the industry or they break their leg or they go and have a child or you know so many different things, and then that that's that's the only avenue that you've you know that you have that's just yeah. kind of just dead ended. Mm-hmm. So it is difficult, and I don't have an answer for a best way to do it because i don't have that i don't have 10 people that can give me a job you know i have yeah. certain amount of people that will use me if there's a position but then if i'm not around once or twice too many times then i'll become that person who kind of usually says no to them and then right it's difficult it's difficult finding a balance especially if you're doing long jobs and then if you're trying to pick days here and there you don't want to annoy the boss you're with now because you don't want to take a couple of days to do another job it's yeah the absolute balancing act
2: and there unfortunately there's never a right or wrong you you have to just figure it out as you go and you think okay yeah. what's best for short term what's best for long term what's best for me what's best for them and trying to please everybody but
0: yeah well that's it yeah you're never going to please yeah. everyone no. so I, I, the thing I find and I suppose maybe this is a piece of advice to anyone, like I try and just be as honest as I can and and keep everyone in the loop and and not try and – see, I've seen people do this a lot in the past is try and please everyone all the time and then end up just lying to people and saying – someone says to you, oh, can you do these this week? And you know you can't, but you don't want to let them down, so you say you can, and then you string them along, and then it's like you're just going to piss them off and let them down. So just be honest and say, look, I would love to, but I'm on this job. And it's, I think people give, will give you more respect for that as Definitely. well because it shows loyalty to the job you're on. I don't like jumping off jobs early, but also I know that jobs don't ever dovetail. You, you very rarely do you finish one job and mm-hmm. then another job starts the next week. There's very often a crossover and I have done it in the past and maybe I have upset a few people by leaving a job early, but I've always tried to be honest with them and say, look, you know, I provide for my family. I, there's this other job that's... And, and if it's a short job, I'll just let it go. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. But if it's two big jobs that are overlapping by a couple of weeks, you know, you feel bad and you try your best to help out to get someone to replace you, but you just have to work. And that's, that's the delicate balance. I think being honest, but also knowing that your priority is your income to a certain degree.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, without a doubt, what you said, honesty is the best policy because if you mess anybody around, even once, and they catch you out either on a lie or, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this industry is so small. People know mm-hmm. everybody. So if you're saying, you know, Oh, I can't, I can't do it because I'm this or that they go, they go, Oh, well I just spoke to yes. Holly or whoever, and they've said you're on the next new thing and you think, Oh no. So thankfully I've never actually been put in that situation. And when it comes to leaving a job early, I had to leave the, the crown uh, yes. a little bit early actually. So we were. I'd always said from the get-go that I knew before I started the recent season of The Crown, yeah. I was going to be moving on to uh, a Disney job after The Crown was yeah. finished. Towards the end of when The Crown was finishing, so yeah. and also I always knew that we were looking to move out and to move um, flats. So, okay. uh, so in in the middle of all this, I'd already said from the get-go. The first week I started working on The Crown, I said to my boss, "By the way." I know towards the end of this job, I'm going to have to jump off probably two weeks early because I've been given a start date of this. And I know also between leaving the job and starting that one, I need to move house. So I was like, great. I said it, you know, the the minute I knew it, I was like, "Okay, yeah, tell them early. Then they can get they can either keep you on the job, which normally they would because you've been honest and upfront. And they can plan ahead and go, okay, great, we'll get this person in to, to cover the last two weeks. And then when you go on to the next thing, that person could potentially carry on onto the next job that they get. Yeah. So um, so every in that situation, everybody wins because everybody knows ahead of time that they can, yeah. and they can plan for it. The last thing you want is unexpected, oh, by the way, I've got to go and I've got to go tomorrow because then someone yeah. goes, how am I going to find somebody to fill your place tomorrow when you know there are six or seven different big films happening at the moment and you know yeah crew is tight
0: especially last year when uh, or at the turn of the year when this was happening for you like it was very busy wasn't it do you remember when there was last year it was the the record year of productions and there was no crew like I'd put yeah. a call out for on Alex Ryder. I'd put a call out for dailies, you know, just to help out for big scenes and stuff. When we were at the school, I just couldn't, couldn't pull anyone in. Like it was, it was that busy that there yeah. was, it feels like there's sometimes there's no jobs last year. It was like the complete opposite. There was so much work that you, you just couldn't pull. People were pulling in their wives and their daughters <laughs> and their brothers. And <laughs> uh,
2: But most of the time it's the absolute opposite. Most of yeah. the time it's okay. Everybody's fighting for the same jobs. So, yeah, especially
0: in the winter as well.
2: Yeah, so you can also get – you could probably get a call from two different supervisors yeah. who both quoted for a film or a TV show, and they say, look, I've got this film, potentially got this show that's coming up between these dates and these dates. We think we've got it. If we have you in, involved, great. Yeah, okay, count me in. You yeah. know, And then I might get a call from another supervisor saying, I've potentially got this job, and I was thinking yeah. – I think they're the same job <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have the same job twice
2: <laughs> yeah, so you, because sometimes yeah. even the supervisors don't know until last minute that they actually have secured the job so yeah. we, we always say you're never on a job until the first day
0: oh exactly even even the day before a job you don't know because I've heard it before a few people I worked with the art director I worked with once he had a job and this was a couple of years back and it got pulled day one like they even they were even on it and it got pulled. Oh, so wow. something, something crazy happened. Not Nothing like this year with what happened. I'm sure, sure sure a lot of people have that experience this year. But like a couple of years ago, it just got pulled. I don't really know the details of it. But it's such a precarious thing that you can never count on a job
1: mm-hmm. ever, really. Yeah.
0: That sort of leads me into the, what were you doing uh, in March when lockdown came in?
1: Yeah,
2: so I was on the, the most recent season of The Crown. Uh and i must say i've worked on us from season two three and then four i've worked on all of those and i love it because the people are are the best and they've pretty much carried the same people throughout so you know on the first day because everybody gets first day nerves you know no matter how long you've been in the industry everybody gets first day nerves because it's you know it's a new set of people it's a new environment again um but at least with the crown I know everybody. You know, when you first yeah. turn up, and you you know you you get all your hellos and how have you been out of the way, and then you, yeah. you crack on with the jobs, you, and you tend to know what what's what's coming up. So yeah, so I so I was leaving that mm-hmm. two weeks early. So I finished on, on one of the last days in February. I've got a week. I think I'm meant to start the next thing on the 23rd. Yeah, um, I've got a bit of time to just unpack some stuff. You know, settle in get my, get my stuff together before yeah. the next job starts. And it was going to be sort of six to eight months worth of work. Yeah. And and I'd actually, before the crown, I'd, I was constantly working on something before that and something before that. So I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be great. A little bit of time to myself. Although it's going to be he- hectic with the move. Yeah. Um, and then I got, I got a call saying, yeah, obviously, lockdown and the job's been postponed we don't know how yeah. long for so I thought okay well it's not I'm not the uh, the only person in this yeah show.
0: we at <laughs> least we at least had that to cling to as comfort yeah. that we that we were all screwed
2: yeah it <laughs> wasn't just you
0: who was sacked yeah is
2: it something I've done uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah
0: none of was... us could yeah none of us could be paranoid that we'd somehow effed it up it was definitely not not our fault for this one
2: yeah. So then, but then of course it's just the not knowing of, of when it will pick up again. Yeah. So okay, great. Uh, I'm I'm there. I think I was in the the post office at the time, and I yeah. got the call, and I thought, ah, well, that's that's not good. What am I going to do now? I think I did what everybody else did. I got in the house and I went, right. Uh, how am I going to pay the mortgage? Yeah. But then, of course, you know you listen to the news. You hear that this is this is something that everybody's in this situation, and maybe yeah. the government can help you. Maybe they can't. You know, I think it was uncertainty across the board. Uh, and then I then I got a call to say, look, the job that you're going to go on is still going ahead, but not till October. Okay. okay, so all I have to do now is wait till October, and then I got a call only last week saying, okay, so. The shooting crew, which is the the part I'd be involved in, isn't going to start December. So now I know it's going to be even later. But what can you do?
0: No, you can't do anything about it. So it's there's yeah, all you can do is keep in touch with them and see what happens. That's it. it? But have you have you done any days work in the new the new conditions? Have you worked recently where the new protocols are in place?
2: I've had two days work since March. And that was doing tech recce so we had to do tech oh, okay. recce for um, for another job, uh, just seeing what effects they needed at this particular location, um, mm-hmm. and and that's been it. So so I actually drove separately, uh, yeah, wearing obviously my face mask and all that. And we turned up, and we'd all be a, a little bit a bit more distant, which is really yeah. hard, especially in a tech recce, because you've got to listen into what the the director's saying. Um, and what the DOP wants and things and you know we've all got face masks on so your voices are- yeah yeah it's difficult it's not to easy yeah you're, you're all in this room but you're all sort of spread out and trying to listen to one person speak so it it's uh
0: I know that I'll struggle with that because I'm not I haven't got great hearing and having a headset on mm. and a, and everyone else having a mask on I'm not going to be able to hear anyone <laughs> it's going to be Years of me going what sorry what what <laughs> just only ever talk on your radio that's how I'll only be able to hear anyone.
2: Absolutely yeah just with an earpiece.
0: Yeah exactly or just a uh, foghorn or something. Some sort of, uh... <laughs> I
2: don't think that would help your hearing. <laughs> yeah. We could all learn some kind of hand signals.
0: I think there's been a long need for yeah, sign language in tv because how many times have you been the other side of a set and it obviously be mid-take and you've had to go <laughs> we need to do something but we can't talk to each other about it
1: so, yeah
0: if, if we literally all learned sign language i think the industry would be uh... a better
2: place
0: yeah exactly what is your favorite scene that you've been involved in uh, involving special effects
2: okay so i think my favourite scene of all time was on a job called Relic. Okay. And we had to. It was this this room that we had to set ablaze. So we had um, we had firebars basically all over this room,
1: uh-huh. in, in
2: every corner, along every wall. You know, it, it was it was rigged up to the max. Um, and of course, when you're when you're inside and you're doing a a big room burn. Yeah, you've got to think about the safety side of it. So what we do is we have a gas gas bottle for every gas line that we have, and you'd have dedicated people to that bottle to get to that okay. particular flame. You know, so everybody has to be really organised in this. And if there are people running around and it's hectic and it's crazy, as soon as you're doing something like this, and we also had a stunt burn as well, so everything on set starts to calm down. And we all take our time and we start to understand our cues, understand where people are going to be walking. So everything is planned out sort yeah. of to the max. Yeah, we, we had to set this room alight. And, and in those situations, you have the gas bottle that you can control so you can flame up, flame down. You know, mm-hmm. as soon as they shout cut, all the flames go off. You check the area to make sure that it hasn't set anything else alight.
1: Oh, right, yeah. So
2: not only were we doing a burning room, we also had to then do a stunt burn. So mm-hmm. the stuntman and woman got Zell gelled, so fireproofing gel all over their body. And then they had to put on this uh, like rubber hands and rubber, rubber face, rubber head and oh, everything wow. to go on top. We also then, they they'd turn over the camera first and then we'd spray them down with a little bit of flammable liquid. Yeah. So that, that way, as, the, as soon as they walk into the flame, they're obviously going to get set alight. And as they get through the first room, which is ablaze, into yeah. the corridor scene, we then set off a fireball down the corridor. So it's for me, it was the most exciting day because
1: yeah.
2: because it, it's serious, you know it's yeah, it's scary if something goes wrong, of But course. if you're in a situation where you trust everybody that you're working with, and obviously you trust the supervisor and they trust you, and it's handled calmly, yeah it can go perfectly and you know everything works out exactly as as it needs to be the stunt people don't get hurt the effect looks good and it's all done under safe conditions yeah. and for the relic relic show it was fantastic it, i think it was a one-take wonder.
1: Oh, was really? wonder well
0: that's what you hope for isn't it when you do something big and fire and you want it to be a want because you don't want to have to
2: recreate what you just did
0: well yeah exactly because yeah and also you don't want to you don't want to have all this hype and all these weeks of conversations about it and then it goes and nothing really happened or there'd be a bit of a delay. If you just get it done, take one, everyone loves it. Perfect. And you don't don't have to do it again.
2: Yeah. Then you go pat on the back. Great.
0: Exactly. Everyone loves you. You're a hero.
2: And And then they
0: hate you again because it takes an hour to (laughs) derig.
2: That was a a one take wonder. And it was, uh, it's just fun. It's just great fun. Um, so yeah, I would probably say it's my favourite scene. There's been other jobs, longer jobs that I've act- yeah. that I would say are my favourite jobs. Okay, uh, but that's favourite scene for sure.
0: Okay, perfect.
2: What about you? What's your favourite scene that you've F-
1: ever worked on? So, favourite yeah.
0: scene that I've ever worked on. Oh Let's my throw God. that right
1: back at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not fair because you've had time to prepare these answers. <laughs> I <haven't- laughs> No, I know. I haven't been thinking about my favourite scene. I mean, just one that springs to mind uh, from. Recently, Alex Ryder. When we did, uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, when they storm the uh, school, when they storm Point Blank with the uh, the gang and all the guns. I mean, I like the scene. I really like the scene. I think it's really well done. But just, I've never worked with guns before because I've I'd, I'd never really done anything that sort of spies and gadgets and guns and explosions or anything. I've always really sort of done. I've done like Call the Midwife and a couple of comedies and stuff. Nothing really of that sort of, you know, gadgety sort of stuff. It got, it got old quite quickly, the gunshots, because they're so loud and like obnoxiously loud that if you, if you get anywhere near it, you're just like, oh, your brain is rattling around. But just for a sort of an experience, I think that was probably the most fun.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Just, because just to get to see how it all worked and to see the direction of it as well, because they did a lot of it on steady cam as well. And that was quite fun. I think ah, that was
2: what about what about our little fire that we did eh what about
0: the uh <laughs> the toaster fire oh
2: not the toaster <laughs> oh the toaster fire was good uh, I no was to be about-
0: fair you know what the, yeah so the explosion in so again spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Alex Rider yeah. series one um yeah the explosion in the lab is what we're talking about right yeah. Yeah. so I really enjoyed that scene but I was art directing I was standby art directing that scene. So I was the most nervous man on the planet because I'm not a standby art director by trade. I do it every now and again. I'll cover people. That's fine. You know, I've done a few jobs, kids TV shows, stuff like that, but I'm a standby prop and that's where I'm comfortable. But that day I was standby art directing and I had the designer there. I had everyone there and it was all quite, and we did it quite a few times as well. Didn't we? I remember we did it sort of three or four times, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think so
0: you you probably know better than me, but um, but, yeah, I really liked that scene, and it was it looked incredible, but for me, it was very unenjoyable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I figured are they gonna burn down any of my stuff? Well
0: <laughs> it was like it was one of those i I loved everyone who worked on it, but it was one of those shows where it was like things could change and things did change quite often at the last minute because we were all kind of you know loose and free uh, as a unit, and it was all sort of. I didn't like to be in charge of stuff when it could change so quickly. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. Right. And you know, we were so deep into that job as well. I think they were all, by the time we got there, we were all quite tired and it had been not, not straight, wholly stressful job, but like, I think it had just been quite a long job. A lot, some people have been on that show since February and right. we, we were doing that in, well, when did we sure. finish this time last year? So yeah, sort of like July, August, we were doing that. So that's, a, you know, that's a long job for people to be on. I think everyone's kind of, loved it but everyone was kind of a bit tired at that point but yeah so that was a good day but it was it was very stressful for
1: me
2: wonderful man
0: (laughs) (laughs) we did all right it looked all right
2: you seemed calm and cool and collected oh i always
0: seem i always seem cool and calm and collected but i'm you know very rarely am (laughs) (laughs) so what tv show or film would you have loved to have been involved with in terms of sfx
2: Something like saving Private Ryan would have been a good one. Um, uh, any Anything like that with a lot of rich scenes that are obviously gonna be big effects for for us. I love uh, a big effects day, whether that's something like uh, the whole team rigging something together in the morning that we then shoot in the afternoon, um, something where we can all come together and, and and make it make it happen, and then it looks amazing on screen. They're the moments when you watch the film back and you go, "Oh, I did that!" and you know that yeah. that's such an epic scene that you know really brings the film together. And 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 I was a part of it, had, however big or small. So um, yeah, something something along those.
0: What um what scene particularly in that film did you stood out for you?
2: It's been such a long time since I've seen it, so. Uh, all I know is there's lots of big bangs. There's lots of this. There's lots of yeah. It's I can't pick one in particular. Soon. No,
0: you've got a good mix of stuff in there. I think you've got uh you've got a lot of bullets. You've got a lot of explosions. You've got a lot of fires. There's some not really nice little just little effects in there with like with little flame bars and stuff with rubble fall, falling down houses and just a little flame kind of you know tinkling away. <laughs> a
1: little
2: yeah, exactly. corner there.
0: I think that's a, I think that's um I think that's a really good choice actually.
2: Bullet hits are always good to do in squibs because it comes down to a bit of a, a fine art when you're trying to figure out where you can put these bullet hits or squibs inside a jacket, and you've got to sort of make sure that the material tears in the right way and that it looks how it's meant to look. So if you're getting shot with mm. a pistol, um, you'd use a slightly different type of pyro than if you're getting shot with a okay. shotgun. Because you're going to need a bigger blast, a bigger blood splatter, and 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 also having to hide uh, a, yeah. a squib inside a jacket can be quite technical. Because you you know you either do it well and you, you you're disguising it completely inside the material, or if you do it badly, you can just see this big this big yeah. square in, inside this uh, coat jacket or something yeah. like that. So um, yeah, any, anything like that is always good fun as well
0: how how closely do you work with uh costume department with squibs
2: a lot of the time they would give us maybe three or four of their of the jackets that that particular person is wearing on that day and then we'd we'd take them rig them up for however long it takes us depending on how many bullet hits there are in that jacket and then we would hold on to the jackets normally until the scene comes up or sometimes we would give it back to them and we'd be like, okay, here's the jackets, they're rigged and they'd put them into a separate section. Normally anything that's to deal with pyro, we would keep it with us uh, until it goes on to set. So it's our responsibility yeah. in case, because if it's if it's out of our hands, we, we can't see what's happening with it. So 99% we, we keep yeah. hold of it. Um, so other than... Other than that, unless there's something where they say, "Look, we're gonna need to have it can't be over here because we've got you know some specialist material that we can't we can't access anymore from yeah. anywhere else. There's only one of them um okay, so we we can't put the the hit there, but obviously it says in the script he's he gets shot in his yeah. left arm, so you know you you just have to sort of figure it out and work it that but I think that's with with most yeah. departments if you're doing something that's a little bit technical and for whatever reason they don't want you to do X, Y, and Z and you need to do this. And you just find a compromise. But at the end of the day, it's whatever the director and the, uh, the uh, DAP want. I
0: think that's my favorite part of working in TV is that is when the departments overlap and you have to, Mm. you work together because obviously you want one thing, you want the explosion. They want their clothes to be, you know, done in a certain way or kept a certain way. And I, I, I suppose props always have a lot of crossover with sound and trying to soundproof things like props and, you know, putting blankets down to stop props clanging and doors banging and all this kind of stuff. So it's, it's really nice, like from a problem solving point of view to have two very different needs and then try and find a middle ground and that works for both of you as well, because it's not like you can compromise where it doesn't work. So it's quite yeah. it's quite satisfying when you can do that.
2: We tend to also work quite closely with art department in some ways and props because we might have something like um, a, a toolbox is has, having to fall on somebody's head. So we'd we'd make the rubber props to fall from a prop drop or a bomb release that falls on someone's head. So a lot of the time, or we'll, we'll breakaway glass or breakaway uh, chairs and tables. So we'd use balsa wood to to create them. And a lot of times you you do find that special effects can sometimes over, overlap with that or art department um, because nobody's 100% sure our art department going to make that or our special effects going to yeah. do that. So there are definitely in, interlapping sort of departments, depending on what job and what effect needs to be yeah. created.
0: And it's different on every job as well. There's no rule. There's no hard and Absolutely. fast rule for most things. I mean, some stuff there is, but some stuff that will cross over like handbags or for us handbags or it could be costume could be us you know that kind of
1: stuff
2: that's a good point i've always i've always noticed i i enjoy noticing on the, at the end of the job or whatever and they go can you make sure you hand your bags back to props or can you hand your bags back to costume and i'm always thinking how do you decide which department that falls into what what's what's the criteria well
0: i don't really i've never had i've never got a, like a rule on handbags or like umbrellas or anything i mean an umbrella for me feels more proppy than costumey but right it's i think that there's generally agreed if they hold it it's a prop if they wear it it's a costume so but then mm-hmm. there's a the thing about bike helmets they're always props they're not costume they have to i think they have to okay it right. for the look you know but but we house them we hold them all the time every job i've ever done with bike helmets they're ours because they but it, it, that's one of the the ones that contradict the rule because they wear it but it do you know what i mean i don't know there's no there's basically yeah. i don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> you figure it yeah, out as you go exactly so that's, that's- also, the joy of it—if everything was was easy, how boring yeah, would that be? Yeah, if you be? all
0: had your exact thing to do. Yeah, if there was never any crossover and you never had to speak to anyone. Oh God, what a boring day! Yeah,
2: you'd, you'd live such a sheltered life.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what's the balance, do you think, now with uh, CGI and uh, practical effects? Do you do you find it more that people going back to the more of the practical? style of doing things or is there still quite a heavy reliance for maybe just for budget on cgi
2: i think a lot of the stuff even if they already know that they want cgi to enhance it yeah they still have to have a reference point okay so for us let's say the location is very sensitive and for whatever reason they can't have uh fire or pyro there then a lot of the time we go and do a green screen element shot so we would create a big flame or or you know whatever it was that we needed to do on green screen and then the visual effects guys would take that image and sort of enhance it and and put it onto the scene if need be
0: i suppose in many ways that that kind of doesn't really affect you in there's no difference really if you're creating the same effect in in the location or on a green screen i suppose it's still the same work for you maybe slightly less restrictions obviously in a green screen but it's probably still the same job.
2: Most of the time, if you're doing it on a green screen, it's on a really low, a much lower scale. So you'd probably get a little bit of flame, or you'd have a, a long line of it. But if you're doing it for real on the day, you'd have fire bars rigged in all different yeah. places. And if you do a real sort of I don't know, explosion, like there's been a gas fire or something, you know, and you're you're actually going to blow something up. I mean, it's it's you. I think now, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think most people can tell yeah. if it's CGI completely yeah. CGI or whether it's um it's the real thing. And there's nothing wrong with it being CGI, but I think a lot of the time, if it's all visual effects, yeah, uh firstly visual effects costs a lot more money yeah. for production. So they most of the time I think they want to have the real stuff yeah there's there. that myth
0: myth of fixing stuff in post and doing stuff in post is cheaper but it's not it's a different way of it's a different way of going but it's not always cheaper yeah
2: thankfully i don't deal with anything to do with the budget <laughs> side so i i wouldn't be able to give you uh tell you the like, the like trying postings. to imagine
0: you uh with your spreadsheets and your calculator <laughs> doesn't yeah neither of our strong suit is uh accounts <laughs> no. What do you think is the biggest misconception about your job? So, say if you're, if someone asks you what you do, do people have any assumptions about it that are just just don't ring true?
2: Absolutely. First thing they say is, "Oh, that's so cool that you get to work with with computers and to make the explosions." And I go, uh, "I am terrible at yeah. computers. If somebody asked me to do that, I'd just draw a squiggly line." And uh, and I go there. You go. There's your visual <laughs> effects. So so yeah. A lot of the time, people think that um, if you're special effects, you deal with. Okay, so let's define it, that.
0: But... D- let's define the difference between the job, the titles. Then, so special effects is the practical explosions and bullets and all this kind of stuff. And then and then is it? It's visual. Is it visual effects, which is the which is the computer based?
2: Yes, but it does. It's tricky because it does all kind of come under the same renaming and branding. To a certain degree, unless you're on set, everybody knows special effects and then visual effects. Yeah. But when you are, like the awards, for example, uh-huh. the awards would say award for special yeah. effects.
0: Oh, okay. So the and that's usually that's usually about the CGI work and all that kind of stuff. So it muddies the water. You think
2: it muddies the water because it it, it it basically means it's very hard, and I can understand why somebody doesn't can't distinguish the difference between the two yeah. because. I didn't know when I started working in locations I didn't really think about special effects in that way I, it never never sort of dawned on me that that was a department you could potentially oh, work yeah. in Oh yeah I future. mean
0: when before I started and I think most people the general public don't they don't realize that all the jobs that are involved in in TV and film because I when I started I thought well before I started I thought it was director cameraman actor that's it really but then you once you become a runner or a locations person or however you start you you start to realize that there's this myriad of very specific jobs that very skilled and talented people doing it and sometimes they'll they'll do one job for you know 40 years or something if they're lucky but yeah i I don't think people from the outside realize that there is so many jobs and this is why i want people maybe with this podcast while i'm trying to interview different people in different jobs so people can sort of see that there are these jobs because obviously if, if people don't know that they exist then they don't know that they can do them.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Who knew that the animal yeah. trainers who uh come in with I, I just I, I think when I watch something I'm like, Oh that that person really has got that dog. Yeah, that exactly. is their dog. It's yeah, you fall dog. for it
0: because yeah. But then you realise that there's someone stood just out shot, barking like saying, <laughs> hit your mark and do all this and giving yeah. him treats and stuff, yeah. Okay.
1: Come, come.
0: Yeah, there's just there. Yeah, there's so many jobs, so many very specific jobs, and yeah, I suppose that is why I'm doing this, just so people can see. And that's why I wanted to interview you because I thought, from the outside, it looks like such a glamorous and interesting job, and I'm sure it is a lot of the time. But then, yeah, also there's the sort of you know, the doing the work of it and being there all day and every day and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, uh, normally I'd come home with uh, muddy arms. Yeah. or or you know, my clothes are never in the same condition when I oh, come yeah. home uh, as when I went when I left in the morning. Uh, and I consider that a successful day. Yeah, if you've not
0: got muddy or <laughs> bloody or burnt, then you've not.
1: <laughs> I've not been not to work as yeah, far as i No,
0: no, no you're <laughs> um, Do you have a specific, I've probably already asked you this question, but I might get you to nail it down. Do you have a specific effect that you like doing the most? Do you like doing rain, smoke, fire, squibs?
2: Uh I do enjoy doing um, pyrotechnics and also fire fire. There's something weirdly mesmerizing uh, yeah. about fire, even just a simple fire in a fireplace. You know, it's a really small little gas rig that we, we have set up. Um, but you can just, I don't know. There's something about it. I, you know, they shout action and the whole take is going on. I'm just staring at the fire. <laughs> I'm staring at the flame. And it goes near the flame. I'm on the gas bottle. I can turn it off, I can turn it up if, if, if it needs to go yeah. up, you know. Um, and then they shut cut and you're still looking at the flame, going, okay, yeah, I can cut the flame now. I have no idea what's gone on during oh, yeah. that scene. I just know who, who walked near the fire, <laughs> who I need to keep yeah. an eye on. Uh, and that's it, you know, you can kind of zone out, which is quite nice. But um, uh, I guess that's a, a slightly more boring answer. Pyro's yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. That's cool. But also, do you know what I like? I like yeah. doing rain. I've got I must admit, it's um, you're always going to get wet when you do rain, uh. So waterproofs are very important and good quality. That's a, that's a tip for anyone
0: that. getting into it. I think that's a good yeah. that's a good tip for anyone in TV. Waterproofs. Spend money on waterproofs because if you if you get wet, you yeah. stay wet. So waterproofs are very very useful.
2: Yeah, spend spend the money on them though, just um, because you won't regret it in the long term. Uh, but you know what? I don't think there's an effect I don't enjoy doing. No, that's honestly, good. If I'm honest, there you go. Because also, if every day was the same, if every day was explosions, I'd probably be bored of that. You know, they don't come up. To be honest with you, they really don't come up no. that often. And I think that's probably why they stand yeah. out. Everything. I mean, I do smoke on a daily basis. Yeah. A haze. So, I must admit, I can't. I can't be too excited about yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, although you know it's it is the bread and butter of of what we do
0: so what would you say makes a good uh sfx person
2: Ooh, uh you definitely have to be physical you know that your day is go- is gonna be lifting heavy stuff so you have to be able to know that from the get-go and go okay great i'm gonna be lifting heavy stuff i mean you can see my frame i'm only i'm only relatively small and slim but I can yeah. lift.
0: I've seen you. Uh, lift. I've seen you,
2: know, you do it. And I do these guns. These, <laughs> I mean, uh, cons- well,
0: look at you talking guns. to. Not exactly. Uh, <laughs> not exactly the Rock over
1: here. Uh,
2: so as long as you get a, lift, a good lifting yeah. technique, that's yeah, you're going to have to have that. But but other than that, you just have to be motivated.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You, I, I don't think that's just special effects. I think it's anybody in in our industry. You have to be motivated to want to do the job and to um and want to get stuck in like i if somebody says oh can somebody go off and do that yeah nine percent of the time i'm the person who goes yeah yeah cool I'm, I'm free to do it or whatever or of course if you you've been allocated a specific job that you can't leave your post you just you let somebody else
1: yeah Italian. do it
2: you know um, but you, you have to you have to want to work and you have to want to um make the effect look as good as possible because if you don't actually care about it you're just going to be a, a yes. another number and somebody supervisor's going to go oh I won't ask that person to go and do that because yeah. they're not they they're not enthusiastic yeah. about it and I don't know if they'd care how it looks on screen you know they just go oh you know i am told to do it so I did it yeah
0: you're right i think that's that that that, that is important because it comes down to as well and i suppose this probably comes more with uh, confidence after doing the job for a while and i know it was for me but being able to fight your corner for your effect for your job yeah. so say if like if someone's trying to compromise it for time or you know for obviously for safety you'd compromise but um but if someone's trying to say that we need to do something differently which isn't going to get full bang for its buck out of your effect then you need to do, do you think you need to have to have a little bit of well we need to do this properly we can't we can't just you know, limp in with this, this, otherwise it won't be as effective.
2: Yeah. I mean, it definitely depends on uh, the scale of the job, because if you're on a big film, nobody's ever going to ask you. No, of course, directly to do anything. They're going to speak to your supervisor and you just, whatever your supervisor tells you, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, But if you're, for example, if you're on a firing button, so if you're going to do some pyrotechnics and you're on a firing button, and you know your cue is to hit it at this particular point, your supervisor is looking at the screen. He, he, he doesn't know if there's something else that's in your eye vision because you'll have direct line yeah. of sight. He, he doesn't know, he, he or she doesn't know, if there's uh, something you can see yeah. that they can't. So only time for, for me if there was something that I didn't think was safe, if I didn't think it was safe to push yeah. that button, you just don't yeah just exactly. don't do it that's the only time where you wouldn't listen to the cue that you've got because you know fully well that there's 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 an issue because either somebody stood yeah. too close something's to gone wrong
0: and no one's seen or, it yet exactly
2: yeah that's the only time you know and it's it's a scary moment to sort of yeah not do what you're being told to do yeah
0: i've it. been yeah i've been there actually in the past and there's been something that's happening and I've had to just literally say, let's stop because something is happening here that, yeah. that that's going to end up being unsafe. And it, it, it takes a, you know, <laughs> it takes a strong hand to sort of, especially if you're not, you know, not, not that experienced to say, look, no, let's stop all this expensive stuff for a second because this isn't safe. And yeah. that that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do, I think, but it's a very important thing if you know, and it's al- it's always better to err on the side of caution with that because it's, It's less expensive and obviously less horrible to go again rather than deal with the consequences of a major incident.
2: And it's terrifying to start off with because then all eyes are on you and they go, What you know, the first thing you get you hear down the radio is, Why have you told us to stop? You know, we're in the middle of the tape, blah, blah, blah. But the second you explain why, that they're actually more grateful than anything. Because, you know, nobody everybody wants to to go home at the end of the day in the safest way possible. So, you know, you've you've sometimes it does take you know balls to go it i'm gonna have to say no yeah (laughs) there's always there's always that pressure of time
0: constraint (laughs) on your mind isn't there of how like of course yeah how can we balance this and make it safe but also get it done very quickly and yeah sometimes it is a case of just going no that we need to just stop this and figure out another way
2: of course the you know the person who's in charge of the whole set the first ad is normally the person who's managing time So they and they don't tend to give you more than you need. It tends to be we'll either give you exactly what you need or we'll give you a little bit less. You know, so they're always riding you. You know, come on, faster, faster, faster. And and it's in those moments where people can make mistakes. But if you're a strong enough character to know, okay, I I do just need an extra five minutes. I know you gave me five minutes five minutes ago, but I need an extra five. And if you give me that, we can get it done safely. And and the first is always going to go yeah. well. We're not. If you need five more minutes to make it safe, yeah. you'll get it, even though they won't be happy yeah. about it.
0: It's it must be a difficult job for them because not not only are they yeah. the head of timekeeping, they're also the head of safety on set. So that's yeah. two very different approaches: doing things safely and doing things mm-hmm. quickly are two very different schools of thought so they must have a very sort of almost schizophrenic conversation in their head. We have to get it done quickly. We have to get it done safely. Anyway, I do. I mean, I'm very glad that I left the AD department. I love ADs, but I'm very glad that I'm no longer one of
2: them. Right. Fair play. Here we go. Let me, (laughs)
0: let me chuck a random one in for you that you, I haven't prepared you on. I know you've done uh, locations as well, but is there any other department that you think that you would like to do? Mm,
2: Very good question. Um, I would say I actually quite I like it when the the camera crane grips come in. Oh, yeah, yeah
1: so, that's a cool job.
2: They're not they're not there all the time because um, you don't always yeah. need a crane. Uh, but but when they do, I, I, I don't know. It just it looks fun. Again, it's heavy lifting. It's you're just sort of you're in the thick thick of it, and then and then your bit's done, and you start packing yeah. away. Uh, doesn't sound like a very interesting answer I could view but <laughs> it's I, quite a good, I actually I think
0: do. it's quite a high impact job because it those shots you they stand out like a big crane shot from high or something swooping down or going into a window from far away there's a lot of payoff to those shots and I imagine that appeals to you because probably the same reason why special effects appeals to you because it's it's quite a high impact
2: yeah I love the look yeah. you know if you can do something that you can actually physically see yeah. on screen and you think that looks beautiful. I mean, I mean, really it's the cameraman who's going to be moving the camera yeah. around on yeah, that yeah. train that's actually going to be in charge of that. But you know, you see that big thing up there, I'll put that up. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Uh, but other than that, it would also be animal uh-huh. trainer. I think that uh I think that's actually a great job because I thought, oh, if you're an animal trainer, how do you have all these animals? <laughs> I didn't realize that they could actually then get somebody else who has that specific type of dog that the person needs, and then they. <laughs> I was like, "Have you just got? Yeah, they just—they
0: just, they literally just live with like a menagerie of animals, all like a Ventura like or something." Some kind
2: of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we've got we've had some really exotic animals yeah. on set, uh, and I, I see the same. A lot of the same um, uh, animal yeah. handlers, and I—I've always thought, you surely you don't keep that in your house, do you? <laughs> okay, so it's maybe. But there sense you go. But that,
0: but that I speaks again I mean. to the same thing of even us in the industry, we don't know what these jobs entail and the specifics of them. I think that's an interesting thing that we. It would be. I've always said to people, we should do like a, a, a job swap one day on set on every job where you all just do someone else's job. It would be chaos and nothing would get done but it, imagine how much it would help if everyone understand why people need more time and why, if you do something, it's going to affect someone else. I think it would really help.
2: Yeah. I actually, I must admit, I do think it's really tricky being a props master because uh, you, yeah, yeah, I saw the look on <laughs> your face. Like, oh. I would never know.
0: I've only done it for a couple of days, but yeah. yeah. Go on. yeah.
2: Because, you're okay. So you could shoot, you could shoot seven days worth of filming in this yeah. one house we have got six different scenes: one in the nighttime, one in the daytime, blah blah blah. And then suddenly they go, okay. Six months later, they go, guys, actually, we need to do a retake. So what we need is we need yeah. all the props that you had for that location for scenes one, two, and three, or seventeen, six, and twenty-nine, and uh, and we need it here Ooh, yeah. tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: do you go? oh my god yeah rarely rarely you know just
0: just a bit of clarity there rarely do you get that that short amount of time but what but you're right (laughs) like having to go in especially if you're in someone else's someone's house as well because i've seen this on jobs before when you go back and you do pickups so pickups are you filmed the main series or the the film and then there's little extra bits that they the director or the editor feels like they need to add in to to make it make sense or just to make the scene a little bit nicer or whatever. So if you go back months after the effect and you're going into someone's house and, and you've painted it a color and then they've, and you've painted it back to their original color, you have to redecorate the whole house. You have to move out all of their furniture, move in all of your furniture. So yeah, we, d- I've done that on a couple of shows where I've done pickups and it's a big job. Like it's, it's huge because it you end up, you just have to empty someone's entire house essentially sometimes and bring in all your stuff. And then, yeah and then do it again
1: <laughs> Two days later.
2: For, for what could be just a single day's yeah. worth of filming it,
0: just the sheer but, work um, that goes into making tv
2: god it's tiring yeah. isn't it? <laughs>
0: people,
2: people don't people don't get it they don't they don't, understand. They don't know <laughs> what
0: we go through emily do they <laughs>
2: no. uh, but it's it's also yeah. fun we do i think it's safe to say most people who are still in the industry enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think you have to. But I think you, like you said at the start, it's you sacrifice a lot. But it's about exactly. payoff, isn't it? What's, That's it. Yeah. And then when yeah. you see yeah. that show
0: on TV and people you know talk about it, I'm sure you have this with the crown a lot. Like when you when you've worked yeah. on something, you have that pride of like, Oh yeah, I was on that. Or if you're on set and someone's someone's talking about something you're like, Oh yeah, I was on that and you're like, mm.
1: it makes you feel good.
2: You see your name in the credits and there's that little where you go <laughs> uh, and then you
1: you yeah. get bored of it but, but then
2: yeah. you on the exactly next that, bit, that, that ebb
0: and flow of excitement boredom <laughs> excitement but oh, yeah anyway i think we are at the end here but um yeah it's been so great to talk to you and i've really loved hearing about what it is to be in the sfx department so thank you very much and hopefully i get to see you again in the real world <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks Jack, it's been wonderful. Thank you.
0: Hello, me again. I really enjoyed recording that episode. Like I said before, me and Emily, we friends, we worked on... Um, Alex Ryder together for months and I really enjoyed everything she said about how to balance going from job to job and about honesty being the best policy and not messing people around that was really interesting and obviously you know her day-to-day is can be explosions it can be fires it can be bullets it can be quite extreme stuff but it can also be just using a haze machine to fill a room with a bit of atmosphere you know just to get shafts of light from windows and stuff. So she's really got the two extremes of the job and I just find I don't know I just find SFX so fascinating and Alex Ryder for me was kind of the first job where I'd actually worked closely with uh, SFX because most of the stuff I'd done before like some comedies or you know Sunday night dramas and stuff there wasn't a hell of a lot of um SFX people around so it was fascinating to get to see exactly how it works and you know I felt like a kid again like what um, I was saying a couple of weeks ago with Richard Drew sometimes you when you work on stuff like Alex Ryder you you do just realize oh yeah this is really cool what we do you know working with explosions and guns and I mean obviously you know guns aren't cool but it's it's fun it's exciting and uh, I think Emily gave a really good account of what it is like to be in the SFX department. Also, I find it very interesting that she came from locations and switched because a lot of people come into the industry one way and end up, you know, in a different department. Like me, I came in as an a- in the AD department as a runner, and now I've ended up in the art department. Anyway, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back again next week with a- another interview. We've got I've got quite a few very interesting people to talk to in the next couple of weeks. So until then. Please remember to uh, rate us, give us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it, and subscribe to us. Okay, cool. I'll see you next week. Cheers. Closing time,
1: open all the doors and let you out into the